is Pentecost. And um, it's also called the Feast of Weeks, Feast of the Weeks. Uh, in Greek, Pentecost means 50. And this uh, occurred sometime in the months of uh, May or June, one, 50 days after the Passover. And it celebrated the end of the grain harvest. Uh, you know, it's always nice to get all your grain in, your harvest in, and have a big celebration. So that's how the Jews celebrated uh, this, this occasion. The Lord knew what he was doing because he uh, decided he would wait until he got the devout men from every nation under heaven together in one place, and then he would show up. Uh, that way he didn't have to do this at each individual nation to get across his point. He could get it all done at one time. You know, the Lord does know what he's doing. Sometimes we don't uh, think he does, but uh, I can tell you right now, he knows, Brother King, he always knows what he's doing, and he's always on time, and he never makes a mistake. So uh, he is a wonderful, wonderful Savior. Before I, get to, before I get to Pentecost that much, let me back up just a little bit and talk to you and, uh, you know, get you stirred up some uh, so far as thinking I'm totally off my rocker. <clears throat> I know I am, but uh, you don't have to tell me that. Jesus was on this earth for approximately 33 years. And in that 33-year period, he made a great impact. He preached, he taught, he fed, he did all these things. He did great miracles. And in that period of time, he never failed to heal someone if they came to him for healing. There was one time that uh, a blind man, when he touched him, he said, how do you see now? And he said, I see men as trees walking. They're not plain. They, they blurred and they, they look like trees out there somewhere. And Jesus touched him the second time and asked him again, how did he see? And he said, I see clearly. So he had, he had the power and the authority to do all of this he was able to do all this, yet he was the son of man. When he came to this earth, the title son of God didn't come with him in one sense of the word, even though he was, but he still took on the form of a man and took on the burdens and the trials and the tests that we go through. He's, the Bible said he was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. So we're talking about a man here that a God that made himself man to dwell among us and show us how we should live after he went back to heaven. It's just that simple, very simple. So all the time he was here, he was, he was doing something for the master, even at the age of 12. I don't know what happened to him between the ages of 12 and 33. Some of you may know. If you know, that's fine. I don't know. But uh, there was a period of time in there that uh, we don't have too much on him. But nevertheless, when he came out and John the Baptist baptized him, he began his ministry, and from that time on, it was a ministry of lifting up people and doing good and bringing the love of God down to this earth. Now, uh, in that period of time, uh, y'all don't care if I drink a little, don't. They thought they was drinking on Pentecost. So in all that period of time, working here on this earth, you would have thought, you would have thought that everybody followed him. You would have thought that everybody 
was wanting to get with this man, this ragtag group of people, and he's pulled out fishermen and tax collectors and doctors and everything else and had them following around after him, nowhere to live, no home, no address, no nothing, but he couldn't do anything wrong. Everything he did was right. It was because he had been anointed. He had been anointed by God the Father with the Holy Ghost, and the Bible said he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, this comes to the, to the point that you might try to get me on, and that's all right, I've been gotten before, whatever that word means. All the time that he was here, apparently, when he decided to go back to heaven, if he had over 500 followers, we don't know where they were. Am I right or wrong? Well, Brother Bob said right. The rest of you don't say wrong if you want to. Only, only 500 saw him after the resurrection and was with him. Only about a dozen of them really followed him, right? Come on, don't sit there and look at me like you know, I just fell out of the tree. I know what I'm talking about right now. He didn't have a great following of people. They threw the branches in his pathway when he went through on Palm Sunday, but probably some of those same ones were hollering crucify him a day or two later. You see, I'm talking about real, filled, spirit-filled people that would follow him. He didn't have them. But what did he do while he was here then? He fed them natural food. Now I'm going to get on the wrong side of somebody. This church, this church, we like to feed people. We, we'll feed, we feed people over every Wednesday night. We have meals over there. We do all of that. I'm going to tell you, and you can hang on to your seatbelts if you want to, that's not the primary mission of God's church. That's not the primary mission of the church of God. We are supposed to win souls for Jesus Christ. That's all right. I'm not opposed to that. I say that's wonderful if we can do it and afford to do it. Let's feed all of them we can. But we need to have something else to feed them when they leave there. That's not going to cut it, folks. We are going to have to get into business with God. I've got some notes. I don't know whether I want them or not. You see, Jesus said all along, he said, when I leave, greater works than these shall ye do because I go to the Father. He said, I will send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. He will rule with you, live with you. He will bring all things to your remembrance. And let me go back and read something from chapter 1 in the book of Acts, the first and second verses to you. And, uh, and, and maybe this will soothe you a little bit. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. Now listen to me closely. Hey, you got it up there. He's smart, isn't he? Until the day he was taken up. After that, after that, after what? After he was taken up. Thank you, Danny. Through he, through the Holy Ghost, 
stay with me, <laughs> had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. The commandments of Christ that he has chosen, those commandments and do this and don't do this are given through Holy Ghost. Am I right or wrong? Are you with me? Are you with me? Well, nod your head like a chicken picking up a car. Thank you. We need the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost within our midst. Hot dogs and hamburgers are good. Let me know when you go have them. I'll try to be there. I'm not against that. I'm not against that. But we are not a restaurant. We are not a welfare state. We are not a social club. We are a divine organization set in order by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we're here to win souls for Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're here to win souls for Him. There's enough people in this community that don't go anywhere to church to fill this building up on Sunday morning. God help us. He did this and he said, I'm going back to heaven, but you're going to do some greater works. Man. There was one fellow in the bunch, one fellow in the bunch called Simon Peter. That man could get into more, stir up more, cause more problems than any one human being, I guess, that Christ ever chose. He was the most controversial, outspoken, And he had another one that helped him along a little bit, and that was John. He was mama's boy. Come on. Don't look at me like that. You know I'm telling the truth. Emma Randy, his mama's boy. She wanted, oh, Jesus, I want him to sit on one side of you, and then James sat on the other side, and when you get to heaven, Jesus said, I don't assign seats up there. That's for the God the Father to do. You're looking for a name tag in heaven. You're going to get that while you're down here. Because, Justin, your name is written down in glory. And ain't nobody can take it out of there but him and you. And you got to do the act to get it taken out. Because <laughs> no man can pluck you out of the Father's hands. You'll do it yourself, but he won't do it. And he'll hold to you. We might as well admit it. But old Simon Peter, he denied the Lord three times. Jesus said, you're going to do it. He did. He denied the Lord three times. But Jesus kind of got him back and said, go tell Peter and the other disciples, I'll meet with them in Galilee after the resurrection. Jesus hung on to him. Did you ever wonder why the Lord puts up with you? I have. I wonder why did you put up with me, Lord? Why me? But you know what? He knows what's inside of you. He sees what we don't, Danny. That's exactly right. And he knows what we are capable of doing, but we've got to have the help. I've heard this man say many times, he does not need your ability. He needs your availability. It's not what you think you can do or what I can do. It's what he can do through me. Brother Steve, through us, 
you and I can do nothing. But through Him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so Peter, he gets himself kind of halfway back. Well, somewhere in the middle of the, uh, the mess, he decides one night he's going fishing. He said, I go fishing. He gets uh, Thomas and Nathaniel and Bartholomew and the sons of Zebedee and my right brother Willis still on it and two other apostles. He gets seven of them together and they take off fishing all night long, catch nothing. Now this has got to be one of the most comical things you've ever seen in your life. I've said it to Ma more than one time uh, when Arlene used to do some shopping. Thank God she don't shop that much anymore. She doesn't reach the age. If you ain't got it now, you don't never need it. So she's kind of eased up on it. But I'd go to the mall, and, and, and while she's looking through the stores and everything, Brother Jeff, i just sit there and watch the people. It is so amusing. If God doesn't have a sense of humor, something is wrong. He's got to have to let such go on as you see walk through the mall. My daddy wouldn't have let me go on in the hayfield looking like some of them look. But to tell you the truth, Simon Peter's fishing naked. Huh? Am I right? I know that was a sight. History says he was ruddy, red-headed, tough-looking, all that kind of thing. Old worn-out fisherman. Here he is out in the boat, no clothes on, fishing, and Jesus over on the seashore. And after a while, Jesus calls them out and said, Children, have you any meat? No, we don't have any. Throw the net on the right side. You know the story. I don't want to go through all of it. They come in, and one of them in the boat says, That's the Lord. Who was it, John? He said, That's the Lord. And Peter bails out right in the, right in the sea. He jumps out. I don't know why I thought that was going to help him any. He didn't have on any clothes when he got any water to, and he's going to have to get out sometime or another. You know, we're going to have to face God. It doesn't matter what goes on. We're going to face God. Yeah. Hmm. Peter jumps out in the boat. They get to the seashore. You know, you can get more of the things you take the top off. <laughs> got to the sea, got to the shore. There was nothing wrong with fishing. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with feeding people. There's nothing wrong with fishing. Anybody in here like to fish? I know Brother Steve over there. He's got to love fishing. I can just look at him and tell you. Money and see the fish hooks in his eyes. And lures, I should say. And he gets to this, he gets to they get to this to the shore. They got so many fish you can't hardly drag them in. And Jesus is there, and he's got fish. Probably fried fish. Where'd he get them? <laughs> he created them in the first place. The fish, the earth, everything that's in the earth, and all it was, he created. All he had to do was just put the pan down and say, fill it full of fish. He could turn five loaves and two fishes to feed 5,000 to 4,000, 3,000, whichever one he fed at different times, he could do that. And so he has all of that ready. And they eat. And Jesus goes over to Peter. <laughs> out of this seven. He goes over to Peter and he said, Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. 
He said, feed my sheep. In a minute after Peter had swallowed a few more fish, the Lord said, Simon, son of Jonas, love yourself me more than these. Peter's getting just a halfway aggravated. Yes, Lord, uh, I, I love you more than that. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. The third time, he said, Peter, or Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He's got a little aggravated by that time. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. He's got the lambs, the children to feed. He's got the adults to feed, but he's not talking about fish. He's talking about what I have told you and what I am going to put in you when you go back to Jerusalem and tarry until you are endured with power from on high. And Peter, with all of his whatever, he said, well, what's John going to do? Because John's standing there too. What's he going to do? If I got to do all the preaching, what's he going to do? And Jesus said, "Tain't none of your business. You might as well say that. He said, if he lives or tarries till I come the second time, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. You do what I tell you to do. Don't worry about him. I'm not worried about what, worried about what this boy does. I'm not worried about what this boy does. That doesn't bother me. It's what this boy does because I'm the one that's got to give account of what I do. Simon Peter left that place. They went to Jerusalem. Now we're getting there. And i got to get there in a hurry too. Now we're getting there. They got to Jerusalem. And when they got to Jerusalem, they got in one accord in one room. They got there, closed the doors, and stayed in there for 10 days. Could you put 120 of us in one room for 10 days and... I'd get so aggravated with David Bayes back there, I wouldn't know what to do. In 10 days' time, i got to put up with him and all this stuff, and Bob King, i got to put up with him, and, and that disposition he's got, he's grouchy all the time, he don't never laugh, and i, and I got to put up with him all that time, i got to put up with Angel over here, and, 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 and I just can't stand the bonding for 10 days. I can't stand them. You won't ever get anywhere that way either. We've got to love one another, be in one accord with one another, and pray something down that will fill us up with the fire of God. Hallelujah. And something will get a hold of us, and we'll love one another, and we'll work together one with another, and we can win souls for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And old Peter, he got a good dose on that day, and you know what happened? Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. He fed everything that would listen to him from one side of the continent to the other that was represented there. He began to feed the word of God. Read his, read his uh, message, his sermon in the Bible. You read it. He said, you crucified this man. You killed him. He's the one. It'll come to pass in the last days. I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Upon all flesh. 
Brother Jeff, he's pointed out on you, on me, on all of us tonight. We are getting ready to leave this world. Hallelujah. I feel almost like preaching, but I ain't got time. He comes in on that day. They said these men are drunk on new wine that's doing all of that. He said it's just 9 o'clock in the morning. The ABC stores haven't opened. Third hour because they started at 6. But it's 9 o'clock our time. No stores open. They can't get it. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And so in all of that, this man began to feed something besides fish. He began to feed a spiritual food. And let me tell you something, by the time the day was over and the message was finished, there were 3,000 souls added to the church. Let me tell you something. There's not a pastor, minister that I know of on the planet in the last days that's ever reported 3,000 souls in one day. That's almost, we say, an impossibility. But with God, all things are possible. Now, if you take what Jesus sent us, he said, I will send you the Holy Ghost. He will lead you, guide you into all truth, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have spoken unto you. Greater things you will do than I have done. Are we going to let this slip by us? Are we going to get to the point that we really don't care, that we are just using Pentecost as a name? Or are we going to be Pentecostal, in other words, something besides the name on the building? We can't just rest our laurels on that and on what somebody did years ago. We have got a world out there that's dying, that's all to pieces, that's torn apart, that's got violence, hatred, all of these things in it. Everything in there, it seems like it's trying to go wrong. But let me tell you something. There is a peace in Jesus Christ that no man can match. No man can match it but Jesus himself and by the power and the spirit of the Holy Ghost that he sent on the day of Pentecost, this thing will work. We've got people that suffering different types, different types of sicknesses. We have We have seen sporadic healings, and I'll just put it that way. Divine healing miracles are an exception rather than the normal. Brother Justin, they should be normal in every service we walk in this door. Somebody walks in that door, says, I broke a leg, I broke an arm, I've got blood problems, I've got heart problems, I want healing for my body. We should be able to lay our hands on that 
lay our hands on them and they should be healed. You say, boy, you completely off your rocker tonight. I am not. I know divine healing is real. Nobody can make me doubt it. We've got people in here that's suffering with diabetes. I know my wife has it. You have it. Others in here probably have diabetes. You think he can heal that? He can heal it as easy as he can heal the common cold if we will just be on the believing side in one accord, two or three. God help us tonight. My Lord help us. You don't know it, but I had diabetes years ago. Forty years ago, I was healed instantly on a Sunday morning in a matter of ten minutes of diabetes laying in a hospital room. I know he heals. I know Jesus Christ heals. I know the stripes on his back works for the healing of our bodies. And I know that he heals, that he can heal anything we have tonight in our body. His arm is not shortened. He's my Savior, my Lord, and my God. He's all that I need tonight. Peter would go on to live, I think, probably, am I right, about 35 years after Jesus ascended back to heaven. Peter lived probably another 35 years after that, filled with the Holy Ghost, preaching the gospel. <laughs> crucified upside down. He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior was. I was crucified upside down. Why? He had something to feed the people with. It's something to feel to feed the people. Don't think I'm discrediting Jesus tonight and his followers. He set the pace. He set the way. And the Bible says in the book of Acts that God, I just quoted a while ago, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. If he needed it to do his mission, are we exempt? Do you think we need that blessing in us also if Jesus Christ needed it? That scares me sometimes. Where am I failing? Where am I letting down? What is wrong? Let me tell you, Pentecostal power and fire is still real. There came a sound as a rushing mighty wind. And that word mighty interpreted means dynamite. There was a dynamic force that came into that upper room and filled them all, 120 of them, out of the 500. My goodness, what was that, 380 that didn't show up? He said, y'all go there and be and tarry until you be endured with power from on high. Only a portion of them showed up. Many are called, few are chosen. Are we going to be in the chosen few? Do we want to be where the Lord wants us to be? I've got enough notes to better go for another hour. And I, 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 I'll get uh, wisdom override zeal. Is that making sense to you? Yeah. I have heard preachers. Hey, got one sitting back here tonight. I have heard pre had preachers that let the zeal override the wisdom. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Pastor? Yeah. 
I just want us to get the message some way or another tonight. But the day of Pentecost means a lot to full gospel churches. And let's not, let's not get so pulled aside and tied up in other things because souls are dying while we're in here tonight. Souls are dying. Preacher, what am I going to do about it? Wherever you go, whatever happens to you, you're going to meet somebody that you can witness about Christ to. I told somebody the other day, I, I, several years ago, several years ago, I got this idea in my head, preaching funerals. I, I've heard so many people preaching funerals. And by the way, this guy back here is pretty good at it too. I've told Tim, I said, if I'm ever gone and you can't find me nowhere, can't find somebody, I said, call David Bays. I got his phone number. People can live as mean as the devil on this earth all their life and die. They're, oh, they're going to a better place. They won't have to suffer no more. They're going to a better place. If they didn't change before they breathed the last breath, they haven't gone to a better place. And I'm sorry to have to say that, but that's the truth. And I've gotten so in the last few years, somewhere in that funeral service, I'm going to say, I just want to tell you all, now, the so-and-so has gone on to meet the Lord. Everybody's going to meet the Lord. It don't mean they're going to live with him, but they're going to meet him. Stand face-to-face before him. Everybody's going to meet him. But I say, just because you die doesn't mean you're going to heaven. And I've had some hard looks, but I'm going to keep on saying it as long as I live. Just because I die don't mean I'm going to heaven. It's how I live before I die, whether I'm going to heaven or not. And I'm going to have to have the spirit and the power of God in me. I want enough of that power in me, Brother Willie, to pull me off this earth. <laughs> when the trumpet sounds, I want to leave this ground and go up to meet the Lord in the air, don't you? Yeah. And I got another the little thing that I do anymore. And I walked in a place in a Walmart in Pennsylvania the other day, and this great big tall black guy was standing there, a greeter. He said, welcome, sir. How are you today? I said, I'm blessed and Jesus loves me. He lit in. Boy, I found out he was a Christian. He was inviting me to his church. He even said the pastor had gone and needed a, a pastor to fill in for him. I said, I live in Virginia. I can't come. But we had a good talk. I reckon she wondered where in the world I was. But I was in there talking to that guy about Jesus. Just tell him Jesus loves you. And you might get some response from that. And you open the door. You see, some workplaces won't let them talk to you about him. But if you talk to them first, then they can do it. Tell everybody about Jesus. Tell them that he's gone back to heaven. But we've got somebody with us that gave his commandments through him, through the Holy Ghost. We got his commandments so we know what to do, right? We know exactly what to do. God bless you tonight. I appreciate you putting up with me. Uh, I have more, but I'm not going to do that. I want to close this out maybe a little bit different tonight. I'm going to do it a little different. Is that all right with you? You get mad with me? You better not have prayed enough for you when you was born. <laughs> we thought you was going on before we did. Yeah but you're still here tonight. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but you're still here. 
<laughs> I just told your wife last Sunday or Sunday before last or sometime she was the best mother in this church with those three children. She is. She's a great girl. She ought to tell you every day how lucky you ought to help her. I know I'm lucky. <laughs> I told her all the time she married up. Or I mean, I married up. <laughs> you said that I didn't. <laughs> I appreciate you. You know that. I love you. You all have your prayer request. Would it be asking you too much if we gathered up here at the front? And maybe we just form two, two circles, a circles line up here and have a concert prayer.